from Miss Radio. I'm Angelo Gonzalez. This is Mr. Gonzalez's neighborhood. Today, Miss Madeline Smith. Smith. Oh, the most common last name of all time in the English language. She is here with us today. Today is Tuesday, February 25th. Welcome to the show. So, Miss Madeline Smith taking over Miss Radio. I'm Angelo Gonzalez, and you're listening to another episode of Mr. Gonzalez's Neighborhood. This is the spring semester, my final semester here at Middlebury Institute. I'll be taking my talents to DC this summer. So, uh, without further ado, uh, I'd like to introduce you uh, to uh, my esteemed colleague, Madeline Smith. Madeline, if you will, uh, just go ahead and Dive deep into uh, a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, how did you find out about this place? Oh, that's a story. Um, hi, I'm Madeline. I am a second semester BA MPA. Uh, for those of you that don't um, adhere to all of the acronyms that run around this campus, that is a bachelor's and master's in public administration. Um, I'm originally from the Bay Area, and I keep it vague like that because I've lived all over the Bay Area and have spent a very decent amount of time in every section of it, but I technically grew up between Concord and Martinez, California in... Ayy. <laughs> um In uh, Contra Costa County of the East Bay. That's insane. So that is my breeding ground. Okay. <laughs> and um, how did I hear about Miss? Miss, um, Miss, Miss. Miss, Miss, Miss. Well, um, okay, I'm going to go deep. So I worked at Whole Foods Market pre- Whole Foods. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about Bezos. Yeah. God, Let's not talk about Bezos. Let's not talk about <laughs> Bezos. I worked there pre-Amazon acquisition. Oh, okay. So I like to, to clarify about that. Um, and back then, the, the culture of the company- What year was this? This was 2014 to 2017. Oh, damn. So, um, yeah, so I was working there. I was working in customer service as a cashier and as um, my team educator, meaning essentially I was in charge of keeping my team up to date on things from corporate, on uh, new interesting monthly topics, um, on foundations that we were working with. Anything is any continued education for our team. Basically, I was in charge of understanding and uh, relaying to my team, which was about 60 people. Um, but what Whole Foods used to do before I stopped working there was they had this incredible program that was called the Whole Foods Market Team Member Volunteer Program. Mm -hmm. And uh, any team member from, you know, custodian, cashier to CEO could apply to this program to essentially go on a curated trip. Um, it was a supply chain trip where you would go and you would work with partnering organizations or um, companies that uh, were vendors for Whole Foods. So I went to India uh, with traditional medicinals. Oh snap! Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm trying to see the connection. Yeah, so 
Mm -hmm. Exactly. So um, the reason traditional medicinals, and I went with their foundation, which is their nonprofit arm. Okay. So I did not go with the company. Um, I went with the foundation. And the reason we went to India is because Rajasthan, uh, a northwestern state near the border of Pakistan, is where they was where they grow the majority of their senna, which is for is the natural laxative for their very popular tea, Smooth Move. So if you've ever had Smooth Move, you probably have used the senna that I was working with farmers around. Um, and fun tidbit about senna is that it's so potent that if you touch it, you will actually feel the effects. So you have to be very Whoa. careful <laughs> around. Okay, well, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I am interested. Uh, what effects are we talking about? This is a natural laxative. Oh, shit. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yes, cool. exactly. Oh, shit. Um, so, so yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience. Did you touch it? I, I touched it. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> we'll right. leave it at that. Right, um, right, right. So, this was an incredible experience. Um, but through it, I met the staff of Traditional Medicinals Foundation who not only um, not only did I work with once I returned from India, but are now some of my closest, dearest friends, colleagues, mentors, um, and, and very pivotal people in my life. So upon returning from India, I began working with Traditional Medicinals Foundation in a social media consultancy. That year was? That was 2018. Oh, damn. Yeah. So four years of flash by. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. So since the beginning of man. No, I'm kidding. Um, since the beginning of a <laughs> wool man. Since the beginning of this wool man. Um, yeah. So 2018, uh, winter of 2018, I began working with um, Traditional Medicinal Foundation's sister organization, which is run by the same people uh, called Women Serve. And then six months later, I began working for Traditional Medicinals Foundation in the same social media consultancy role. Mm, okay. Everybody that works, the way Miss plays into this, is that everybody at Traditional Medicinals Foundation is a Miss alum. So Damn. I was basically Miyagi'd into the you know, theory of change that comes out of this institution. And for the longest time, I... I uh, kept hearing about Miss and people would say, Maddie, you should, you should go to Middlebury. You should go, you should check it out. And I was like, that's a great idea, guys. But guess what? I don't have my bachelor's. So you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. Like, you know, the, it's a great dream, but we'll see if I can ever get there. Yeah. Um, and then my dear friend, who was the director of um, partnership and strategy at the time, uh, I went and visited her in Vienna where she was living with her husband and it was one night when we were all out that he, he was also a Miss alum. He told me, you know, Maddie, they have a joint bachelor's master's program. And I came home and quit my job, went back to school, finished up my prerequisites. And prerequisites. <laughs> you are a big girl now. <laughs> Uh, um, uh, I finished those up and then I applied to Middlebury. Mm. So this school has been a light at the end of my tunnel for a long time. And I'm, I'm very excited and happy to be here. Nice. Mm. And now she studies one biology, everyone. Um, <laughs> very good. I, I like what, I like what you're putting down. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So yeah, that is Maddie, everyone, and <laughs> I met this bright ball of sunshine last semester, and all throughout that term, I was trying to figure out how to juggle life and life at Miss, and amidst that, it was the kind of thing where I started thinking, well, we're coming to the end of the road, bud. How are we going to transition into the real world? Maddie was coming out of the real world. I'm going yeah. into it. We're, we're tag teaming. Just yeah. a quick high five. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> and so she really reached out to me and wanted to get to know more about Miss Radio and podcasts and uh, just how to get into it. And um, so without further ado, you know, this podcast episode is for you, the listener, number one, to kind of give you a better understanding of who we are, where we're going, where we're taking this thing. And then... We're curious to know what it is that you want us to talk about. Um, at the end of the day, that's always got me itching. And it's something that started back in 2018. I was looking for a school and I was training for Camino de Santiago, a long pilgrimage in Spain, and was looking for podcasts. And at the same time, I was looking for graduate institutes. And I heard the immaculate voice of Gabriel... Bronson Sanders, shout out to the man, and I was inspired. He talked about Mrs. back-to-back uh, business competitions in Davos, Switzerland that they had won, and um, I was hooked. I wanted to come to the school, started in August, and I started tackling um, issues surrounding the local Monterey Peninsula area, the first of... Uh, many being um, the homelessness crisis. Um, and it's something that's touched uh, the Bay Area as well as uh, here in the, on the peninsula. And, um, you know, I, I really dove deep into that. And I talked to the city council members. I talked to professors I miss. And I talked to uh, students and then uh, eventually folks who are affected by uh, this endemic tragedy that we're seeing before our eyes and it was the kind of thing where I had a better understanding of it but um, like going into any new community I I wasn't expecting to implement any answers or any policy Uh, some things you have to just reason and reckon with yourself and you know um, try to increase your people-to-people interaction and it's something I talked to Gabe you know night after night and you know it was something like what do we do what do we how do we impact our local community and um a little bit counts you know uh, acknowledging people acknowledging their daily struggles that goes a long ways and for me it was the kind of thing where how could we transition from uh focusing on a crisis to focusing on how we could sustain ourselves from day to day because i saw how vulnerable we can be not only as someone living on the street but someone also going through uh, Middlebury Institute Um, Mm -hmm. and I could speak for myself you know it it hasn't been easy (laughs) being being here yeah uh, in this lovely paradise Um, but you know one thing that I want to transition for our listeners is this notion of does it matter does it matter what we're studying does it matter where we're going to take this thing. Are we experts? Do we feel like we're walking out of here like masters? Uh, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I paid a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> so 
Looking at you, JDJ. Mm, no, Gotta be the master of something. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, the, the opinions on this broadcast are solely our opinions. Our own. They do not yeah. represent Middlebury or its affiliates. <laughs> no, no. This is purely for our uh, esteemed <laughs> colleagues and uh, those for you in the community. So without further ado, um, something that I would like to dive deeper into with uh, Miss Smith here is what brought you to listening to podcasts? What are, are some of the things that you take away with on a daily basis in terms of learning, in terms of empathizing? Um, there's so many stories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how does that inspire your daily work, your daily mission? Absolutely. So I first discovered podcasts either late 2011 or early 2012. And I was working in a fine arts metal print shop, a uh, subtle plug for Magna Chrome, Concord, California, go get some pretty prints. Um, I was working in a warehouse and I was, I had a lot of time on the floor just doing, you know, um, cr- building these prints. And so, um, and the boys that I worked with would play this heavy metal that I hated and I was like, I need something. and. I I just started looking around and uh, the podcast app was there and the first podcast I ever fell in love with was the Nerdist podcast with Chris Hardwick mm. and I loved the way he ran it I loved the tone I loved the content I I loved his perspective I loved him as a host um, and I loved everything about it because. I felt like I was there in the room with these people just having this chummy conversation and I felt really connected to them. Like they were your friends. Like they were my friends. And I think that's what it comes down to is feeling connected and feeling connection. Mm. And it helps you. I think it's an amazing medium and an amazing platform for people to feel solidarity with other people and or to learn and now that podcasts have exploded and there's I mean there's so much content out there and so much creativity and you can really do so much with podcasts and it's digestible it's easy to do while you're doing something else I feel like it's just a very um, accessible platform Mm. for you to create connection So you get kind of goosebumps thinking about it. Yeah, right. And so after 2012, I was like, I'm going to be a podcast host. And it has been a subtle dream of mine for the last eight years. And there was always something else to do. There was always something more important. Um, And I knew nothing and still know nothing about audio engineering or anything like that. Um, So it felt very daunting, but when I came... It's easier than you think. (laughs) He's not wrong. Um, When I came, when I started applying to Miss, um, I actually... Our our story goes a little bit further back than last semester. I don't know if you remember that. Um, But... (laughs) Don't ruin my campaign. (laughs) Um, But when I, I think... Gosh, when did I... It was 2018. I was put in contact with Kent Glenzer. And if you don't know Kent Glenzer, he is a professor here at Miss. And he was featured on the podcast, I believe, with you, Angelo. Are you the one that interviewed him? That was Mr. Sanders. That was Sanders? That was Colonel Sanders. Okay, cool. So, but... Um, But yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, so Kent told me... 
uh, about this podcast. And I hunted Kent down via email and I was like, Kent, I need to know who runs this. I want to be a part of this. And he said, oh, I think it's, uh, I think it's this guy named Angelo Gonzalez. He was like, he's, he's, he's abroad right now. <laughs> yeah, just blow it off. Um, he's abroad right now, but here's his contact information. So I actually emailed you and you were in Geneva at the time. Hey, hey, hey. And, and I said, you know, when are you coming back? I'd love to meet with you. I can come down to Monterey. And we met at your second home, Lumiere, Cafe Lumiere. That is right. And we oh. chatted about the podcast. And, um, and so even before I got to Miss, I knew of Miss Radio and I had my eyes on it and mm. I, I wanted to be a part of it. So... Uh, mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. And how's your day today? How's My, it been? Uh, here at Miss? Here, right now. Right now. I mean, I, I think I couldn't be happier. I, right. You're talking to a girl who couldn't go to college right out of high school and always wanted to and yeah. jumped right into the workforce and grappled with how to make college happen never feeling like she found the right thing or that it that it lined up or why do you think we do that i don't know what did we tell ourselves that we can't do it when we can well for me it was financial mm. my family didn't mm. have i i didn't understand the scholarship system which is a whole episode we can create if we want it's ridiculous um, I just, I don't think I had a, enough of a sense of purpose or a, or a tangible enough dream mm. to have that motivation to really make anything happen until this idea of miss came into my life. Right. So I got here and I just feel like a little golden retriever puppy on campus all the time, wagging my tail, looking around, excited for everything. Um, so I mean, and Monterey is beautiful. Uh, the content is wonderful. Um, you know, I'm second semester, so I think that I'm probably not as run down as some people towards the end. <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Towards the end of their program. Uh-uh. Um, but I wasn't implying you. <laughs> um, but I... blush. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I... I don't know. I feel like I'm the starry-eyed kid. So I, mm. I love it here. I love talking to the faculty. I love the people I meet. Um, and that's something else that makes me excited about Miss Radio. Not only Miss Radio, but reviving it as a club. Yeah. Um, is the people I meet here have such beautiful, complex, complicated, uh, inspiring... Um, I mean, just the stories of our own students here are... are it's not tapped enough. It's not. It's, it's untapped it, it's reservoir. Un- untapped for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm just that little golden retriever puppy running around campus. <laughs> Very good. Come talk to me. <laughs> I mean, that's a beautiful way to look at graduate school. You know, I think so many times I thought of it as just this drudgery of just like, I'm going to, you know, pile my way through this and the struggle of it all. But like. In an instant, you know, you can kind of flip. It's like going from one day to the next and how you see weather patterns. Um, mm-hmm. And today was like a beautiful instance. I was looking at my Instagram and I saw a colleague of mine. She was like, oh, I'm taking a break, going to the beach. I'm like, 
sick. You know, where you can't do that in DC. That's where we live. <laughs> yeah. Um, so going in from that, uh, and knowing that you've come from where you've come from, East Bay nonprofit, um, uh, you know, working class woman, strong woman, beautiful, lovely inside and out Madeline Smith here in Monterey, California. Something that I am very deeply curious, um, and I was having a conversation with uh, a barista at Cafe Lumiere today, and this is uh, another audible, but I couldn't help but not want to talk about it. And it is this idea, and she, she's an anthropology major. Cool. And she was talking about this idea from Francis Bacon, um, if how your identity is separate from your individuality. So... Ooh, say that one more time. You're... <laughs> for the people in the back. <laughs> um, your identity is separate from your individuality. Mm. And so, for example, right? Like, yeah. uh, let's say uh, for religious purposes, no, not trying to get too deep into that, but yeah. um, you identify with being uh, Muslim. Or you identify being Catholic. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, our individuality aspires towards that identity. Like we get wrapped up in it. Mm -hmm. And then we sort of lose that individuality, that expression. Mm. How is it that you are Madeline Smith, right? You had to learn that name, you know, when you were born. And you've come to be who you are today. What are some of the things that you identify with? And then I'm curious, what do you feel like your is your outer expression mm. to the world? What do you wish that to be? Mm, excellent question. Um, and I think the answers are always kind of in flux. You know what I mean? I think I'm... I've wanted to be so many things in my life and I've, I've identified as so many things in my life. And, um, I think the consistent thing is I want to be, um, in whatever role I'm playing, I want to be of service. I want to help others. I want to be, uh, a person of support. Um, I just, yeah, I feel, I feel like that's kind of the most consistent thing that's been in my life is be of service to others. And so Where I, does that come from? I don't know. What, what is it? Is it, is it like a, a motherly instinct? It's, I think maybe it's or maternal. Is it, is it a, and, and when I say motherly, I, I don't mean in a broad painting strokes, mm -hmm. but more so are, are you getting that? Uh, influence from your mom are you getting that influence mm. did you is it something that because like like so many influences right yeah. you try to understand where did we get our compass yeah right? I uh, mean my parents are two of the most loving wonderful intelligent compassionate um, human beings I've ever met and my mom mm. is definitely nurturing she's a nurse I mean she it's not like that, but she's just everything in her life is about being of service. So that was hugely modeled to me when I was growing up. And I saw that all the time. What are some of the things that she would tell you? Oh my goodness. Um, some of the axioms. 
hurt okay uh hurt people hurt others um which i think she was really driving home for for a a, a view of compassion mm. um and my original answer to to this question was you know i think i've i've been through enough trial and errors that i realize we are literally all equal on this planet like we are everybody deserves the same amount of love the same amount of uh you know uh basic needs physical emotional cognitive um i mean we are just so equivalent on every single level regardless of our outer culture of our outer appearances just on a human level like we are all very equal and so I also, I wasn't raised religious at all, but I definitely internalized the golden rule of, you know, do unto others as you want done unto you. Mm. And uh, one of our professors here, Maha, actually just um, challenged that. And she said, well, even that statement has ego in it. Do unto others as they want done unto themselves. And I think that is, is what I try to live by, is just honor and respect the person in front of you because that's what I would want somebody to, to approach me with is that kind of respect. Mm. And I feel like that, um, I mean, there are so many influences in my life. I feel like I was raised in a very, you know, by a tribe of women. It was my mom and my godmother and my aunt and their friends. And I just, I very much grew up with that. You know, we all pitch in, we all help. Um, and from that came a lot of joy and love and, and all that stuff. And I think that that's also, you asked how I want the world to perceive me, how I want, how I want to show up in the world, um, or at least that's how I understood your question. And I think that's it. I want to be perceived as a safe space for people to come, but also joy and playfulness and fun. Um, because there are a lot of things on this planet that are hard and painful <laughs> and awkward awkward, and we're all in it together. So yeah. I think that that is. I wonder how many people have sung that song on a podcast. Right, well, you just yes. added one to the number. So. <laughs> Otra vez. Right? Otra vez. Para la gente. Nice. Okay. So <laughs> now that we've got a better sense of who you are your individuality, how you tend to express yourself. I mean, for instance, I, I remember recently we had met at the beginning of the semester and I just like poured out how I was feeling that day. And I was like, I remember coming away from that like, damn, she was very receptive. <laughs> that was really nice. It was like therapeutic, man. I was like, shit, I should have paid her. Man. Oh, man. You can still give me your money. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, I wish. Um... But yeah, you know, something that I think I want to dive deeper into as well is um, our individuality, but then also our expressions with one another, with our professors, um, and then, you know, eventually with our employers and mm -hmm. the people that we serve in that capacity. When we're learning, because um, this is something I struggle with, right, mm -hmm. is imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And... I've been playing around with this idea when I go to class and it's like, you know, it's kind of senioritis, my last run through. And the question that I have for myself, but I want to dive deeper with you is, you know, are we doing a disservice if we don't understand what we are studying? 
you know, if we don't ask the questions, right? And then do we have to throw those misconceptions uh, out the window? Hmm. Misconceptions meaning if we don't understand something, how do we come to a point where we just say, stop, 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 stop. Professor, I have no clue what's going on. Mm -hmm. Or do we let the process, is it, is it ongoing process? Learning. Oh, well, A, yes. I mean, (laughs) never stop learning in your life. Otherwise, I mean, it would just, for me, it would be so boring if you stopped learning. So this is the beginning for you. Oh, every day is the beginning, I feel. I think, um, yeah, I used to say, if people would be like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'd be like, a student forever. And um, now I say, uh, you know, a geopolitically focused journalist with my own podcast and TV show. Um, um, no, I think, you know, imposter syndrome was something that I dealt with so heavily when I was applying to miss because I don't have my bachelor's. Mm. And I think for somebody that's coming from the workforce or that has been, you know, I talked to my mentor and I was like, I'm coming from blue collar jobs. Like essentially, like, I don't know if that's specifically trade or what, but like that level of, of economic income Mm. to essentially like a very elevated, like perceived prestigious and you know a very different field of work and Mm. I have I just I felt like I I felt like an imposter and I was talking to her about how nervous I was to approach professors and how inferior I felt and she told me something that her mentor had told her which was, um, you know, if at any point you don't feel a sense of imposter syndrome, you need to leave wherever you are because you're no longer learning. Mm. And I thought that that was a really beautiful spin on imposter syndrome because everybody has it. And we talk about it in passing or um, in brief moments, but I don't think enough people acknowledge that everybody has a certain degree of imposter syndrome in what they're doing and if they're not they're not trying to they're not they're not being ambitious enough or they're not trying hard enough um in my humble opinion um (laughs) but i think it takes some trial and error for me personally in my experience last semester i went out on a limb a couple of times and tried certain things and got shot down and, and felt, you know, shameful or stupid or, um, you know, just varying negative emotions. Um, and came back and realized, you know what, that's how you learn. Like, I, I can't know the answer to everything. That's why we have teams. That's why we collaborate. That's why everybody is here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really got to a point where you asked, you know, should we say, hey, professor, I don't understand. Is it a disservice if we don't understand what we're learning? I think yes, not only to ourselves, but to those we potentially want to help. Mm. And I think it's really important to be honest with yourself and with others about where you're actually at. And there may be consequences to that or there may not be. And it may show a sign of maturity or ability in the role that you're trying to do just by the fact that you admitted that you didn't know how to do something and therefore you need to go do more research or you need to find out more interview more people or whatever capacity it is that you're Mm. trying to do something um so i always and and your question about like stop the class versus not and 
I think that is a circumstantial thing. Like if your teacher's in a vibe and they're grooving, let them finish their spiel and go after class. Right. If you if it's like an appropriate spot to stop and you think other people would benefit maybe, have all the confidence. There's like honestly, unless it's right there in front of you and y'all are talking about it and you're just tuned out and you then you ask a question, right. that to me is the only stupid question just because you're you're tuning out and you you should probably tune back in before you ask a question. Mm. But I I very much am all for like make sure you understand because it's in the ego that surrounds not understanding that problems occur. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it, and it reminds me of the uh there was a gentleman on YouTube. Um I was in uh, a binge of watching YouTube videos. And he was mentioning, he was a rabbi. And I'm not Jewish, but... <laughs> um, I'm going to follow up question about how you found this channel and why you went down this <laughs> rabbi hole. Well, it was like two minutes and I was like, oh, I got two minutes why to not? spare. Why not? And uh, homie was talking about like the hermit crab or some form of a crab. Mm-hmm. And what the hermit crab does when uh, it gets a little overcrowded in its own shell, mm-hmm. it breaks the shell. It fucking shatters it. <laughs> and it goes underneath the rock because it's vulnerable as shit. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, okay, we're going to grow a new shell. And it repeats this process, right? Of growing into its shell and then eventually shattering the shell. And then, you know, going underneath the rock because it's vulnerable. It recognizes its own vulnerability. But then it continues this growth cycle. Mm-hmm. So this cycle basically is telling us in life in order for us to grow we have to feel uncomfortable sometimes right yeah we have to go into the unknown totally and it is until we go into that unknown to that do not go gentle in that dark night Mm -hmm. that we won't experience um because i i am of the belief that you know there is like unintentional consequences or things that are just brutally like hard to deal with in terms of suffering Mm -hmm. like there's there's incomprehensible suffering Mm -hmm. right and then there's the good kind of suffering where it's like oh this is soft and malleable and i can utilize this Mm -hmm. to catapult me into whatever platform or whatever mode of being i can transform myself into Mm -hmm. it's like you're the hermit crab and you can like mm, take this moment and either lo- use it or lose it, you know. Mm-hmm. And once you lose any of these preconceptions, you can go into this new mode of operation. Mm-hmm. Um, but without going too much on a tangent, mm-hmm. uh, it's the kind of thing where um, I'm curious, going into further depths here, um, as we understand ourselves deeper, as we progress through each semester um how have you um bound yourself to to self-discipline to becoming the best version of who you like to see within yourself Mm, excellent question before i segue into that i want to say a that analogy gave me the cutest visual of you as a lobster (laughs) (laughs) And B, I completely agree that when you're feeling wildly uncomfortable, it is the precipice for potential growth. 
it kind of reminds me of like when at least I did this when you're little and you're about to jump in the deep end of the pool and you know it's cold but you want to do it and you like plug your nose and you take a deep breath and you just jump Mm. and that's it and whenever I start to feel very uncomfortable I think of that and I'm like girl plug your nose and jump like just go Um, because there's probably some serious growth on the other side and it's it's probably pretty pivotal um but back to your question of discipline wow aren't we all learning that all the time um that's hard because so the thing here at miss and this was some excellent advice i got from um jdj who if you don't know who that is that's jeff dayton johnson he's the vice president of academic affairs here on campus um he told me, I asked him, uh, he's also somebody I hunted down before I came here. <laughs> um, nice. And I, I asked him, I said, you know, what is your biggest piece of advice for me as I uh, pursue my program? And he said, don't get distracted. He said, try and hone in on a goal or a couple of goals that you want to come out of this institution He's like, there's so many opportunities here. And what I see all the time is that people get distracted. They want to do it all. And they don't come out with a tangible something that they're proud of, that they, that they, and whether it's an idea of where they want to go or a thing that they've created. Mm. Um, and so I'm trying. It's hard. There are a lot of fun things to do here. But I think that the biggest thing for me is I've really meditated on the fact that self-discipline is is one of the highest forms of self-love and learning to say no and learning no matter how badly you want to be everywhere like I want to do every I'm the golden retriever puppy like I'm gonna follow you and I want to do all the things um and I think a lot of us are like that and learning to say no is difficult it's a daily practice um, and it's, it's necessary because realistically we have a finite amount of energy and it's imperative that we leave some of that for ourselves, mm. um, just so we stay afloat and we survive. So that is my game plan for self-discipline. That's um, pretty good. I'll let you know. It's that, like I said, it's daily. I ate a whole pizza the other day, so... Oh, <laughs> Um, uh, my follow-up question, what was on the pizza? <laughs> it was pepperoni. Hey. Hey. From where? Uh, pizza My Heart. Okay. Yeah. Those little tiny little fuckers? They're so oh good. Oh, my God. They're so good. Oh, it's, and, they, they like, and they cup all the oil, and you know it's they, bad for you, and you like take some of it off, but then you're like, it's so I yummy. I don't take any of the <laughs> You just leave it there. New year, new me. You know? <laughs> new year, I'm, new I'm going hard, man. <laughs> hard on paint. those arteries. <laughs> yes. Uh, peace in my heart all day. Yeah. <laughs> Every day. Um, I mean, that, there's a great place. Uh, if you haven't been, and I'm no vegetarian. I practically am with my girlfriend. But uh, Julia's up the street. Oh. Have you been? Many a time. Julia's right? gets a lot of my money. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best part of those. Oh, my God. Those pizzas are ridiculous. It's, I, had, I had one the other day. Oh, Have you had nice. their yellow curry? Yeah. Don't get me started. (laughs) Uh, Anybody visiting Monterey, go to Julia's in Pacific Grove. It's a vegetarian restaurant, and they do so many wonderful things with mushrooms. Um, It's divine. Yeah, if you had any misconceptions about being vegetarian, 
Go to Julia's. Yeah. Like right now. You will eat so wonderfully. Yes. And the desserts. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. We could have a whole episode about Julia's. So maybe we should, <laughs> we should reroute. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, you know, I think you've been a buttload of great information <laughs> and knowledge and just, yeah, just J-Lo amount of. Just a J-Lo. A J-Lo secure that's episode. That's the best compliment anybody's ever given yeah, me. Yeah, that's just very supple and just like, <laughs> right in your face, Super Bowl. Awesome. Status halftime coming at you live. I'm into Rick it. Rick and Morty. Uh, 24-7, rickandmorty.com. Uh, uh, that's, that's, that's all I've got. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, I'll leave you out on that note. You know, it's it's been a pleasure being your uh, Miss Radio anchor, and uh, the future is in good hands. So, thank you so much for being here, and I look forward to the show. Will be called Mad Curious. Will be my section of Miss Radio. Yes, it will be. We'll see how it goes. How it goes. I'm telling you, anyone can do a podcast. And on that note. Um, Yeah. See you soon. So, it's been a month, literally, since Maddie and I recorded this podcast. And wow, where do I begin? I think the need to reconnect to this podcast keeps playing over and over as I reassess future plans with Miss. Moving away from Monterey and deciding where to take this crazy thing we call life. Just to recap, here are some of the things we learned during this episode. 1. Learning to become like the lobster. Getting uncomfortable in your current situation, accept that moment and each moment as a point of opportunistic growth to shed your uncomfortable shell of living and embrace the nuanced vulnerability in your life today. 2. Girl, just plug your nose and jump. Dive into the deep end of the unknowns and just go. There's probably some serious growth on the other side, and it's most likely going to pivot you towards the most immediate sector of your life. 3. JDJ's advice. Don't get distracted. Stay the course of your work and be encouraged to hone in on your goals that you may want to walk away with from within this given life chapter you are currently embarking upon. And remember, self-discipline is the highest forms of self-love and learning to say no and utilize this finite amount of time and energy we still have instilled within us. Well, and that's all, folks. I can't believe we are here, but like any other moment, we have to creatively find a way to embrace what's been given. Thank you, and if you need any encouragement during these times, feel free to follow me on Instagram at AngeloLuisGonzalez1 or Maddie at MadCuriousPodcast. And shoot us your questions, thoughts, and lovely ideas for coping for this quarantine time and social distancing. And please do know, all this is only temporary. Cheers. Cheers.